and welcome to the Seabed 2030 podcast, brought to you by the Nippon Foundation and General Bathymetric Chart of the Ocean Seabed 2030 Project. Each month we'll bring you news, interviews and progress reports on our mission to map the seafloor of the entire planet, a task never before completed and a flagship project of the UN Decade of Ocean Science for Sustainable Development. Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Seabed 2030 podcast for November 2023. My name's Steve Hall, I'm Head of Partnerships, and this month I'm giving you an interview with Derek Niles and Colin Thompson of our industry partner Orange Force Marine, recorded during the Lakebed 2030 conference in September. Hello everybody, I've got uh, two new guests to speak to today. We've got Colin Thompson and Derek Niles. They're from Orange Force Marine, who are one of the corporate supporters of Seabed 2030. So uh, first of all, uh, Colin and Derek, tell me a little bit about who you are and how you came to be in the... Uh, in Orange Force. Great, yeah. So uh, my name's Derek Niles. I'm uh, the founder founder on Orange Force. Uh, we started a small survey company, uh, survey and uh, marines operations uh, company back in 2016. And uh, and uh, over time, we've, we, we've had a broad spectrum of types of activities that we've done from a from a survey world to a marine science to an ocean technology to, you know, response and emergency response all the way up to training and products and different pieces. But one of the things that we've really um, uh, focused in is, is is in regards to the, the hydrographic survey world or the or the bathymetric survey world, and uh, that's how we, we sort of got started within uh, within the, the Great Lakes. We're a small Canadian company located in southwestern Ontario. Uh, I'm uh, on, on Lake Erie, and uh, and Collins up on uh, up on Lake Ontario, and uh, and we've sort of jumped into this uh, wholeheartedly up on the front. I'll, I'll let, uh, well, I mean, perhaps how Colin and I uh, managed to connect on this is back in 2019. Um, we were first sort of attended uh, one of the first Lakebed 2030 conferences uh, virtually uh, as a means of getting involved and in how can we can we, how can we help out. And uh, from that, that interest came a connection uh, uh, between Colin and I. Colin had a similar interest independently. I had an interest independently. And uh, and uh, sort of the, the conference in Lake Bit 2030 kind of put us together on that. Is that, uh, is that sort of your, your recollection? Yeah, so, so Colin Thompson, um, basically a few years ago I took early retirement out of the utility space. And my background is Navy, Coast Guard Auxiliary. Uh, have a passion for the water and, and IT, and I wanted to combine my passions between all those different things. And I ended up through a common friend meeting up with Derek and his company, Orange Forest Marine, and we co-developed this solution uh, for uh, Gloss, Great Lakes Observing System, to basically come up with a crowd bathymetry solution. Right. Um, quick to market, and I think we'll talk a little more. more yeah, for more sure. About and since from that initial meeting in 2019, came a common interest and common uh, common skill sets and, and uh, relationship on that side. Uh, uh, Gloss was looking to, to say, hey, what does it take to get this job done, right? Uh, what's uh, what's involved in, um, in in mapping the Great Lakes? And so one of the things that they did is it went out to industry to say, if we gave, if we wanted to do this, how would you do it? And so uh, Orange Force Marine was uh, was contracted by the Great Lakes Observing System in 2020, one of amongst three companies, ourselves, uh, Frugro and X Ocean, to be able to do that assessment, develop that plan, 
make a calculation of what it would take in terms of survey effort and, and what have you. Out of that analysis came a, a recognition that there's more than one way to get the job done, right? There's a, different technologies to do that, whether that be airborne LIDAR, uncrewed surface vehicles, uh, autonomous underwater vehicles, or your traditional multi-beam off, of, uh, off the side of a small vessel, a large ship, um, up to including alternative technologies being uh, can we get that data from the cloud? Can sorry from the crowd, excuse me, and and leverage that into the cloud. And so that's where the the um, the crowdsource bathymetry sort of started in terms of an opportunity, knowing that doing surveys expensive. It takes time. It takes a lot of resource dead resources resources, and those resources might not be immediately available. And so from that uh, from that initial cost benefit analysis. We identified crowdsource bathymetry as a real target, a low-cost target, a, a low-lying fruit. And we set out, Colin and I set out to uh, to develop a solution that uh, solved the age-old problem of sort of getting the data off the boat and, and doing such in such a way that uh, that we're, we're dealing not necessarily in, um, in lag time, uh, but in what we call near real time, in terms of ping to cloud yeah. in near real time on that side, and, and Colin's been instrumental in terms of developing up uh, that that complete pipeline uh, from a logger side all the way to to ping the cloud. So the, the solutions we, we really wanted to focus on getting it to market quickly. So we, we basically came across uh, a third party uh, data logger that we could basically it was industry proven and we could use to gather the data off the the ship's native navigation systems. Uh, get it off the boat through telecommunications and up to the cloud where it's processed and sent off to the IHO DCDB within minutes and then it's published 24 hours later. So um, a real big focus was quickly getting it to market. Um, There are other solutions on the market as we all know. Um, We all have a piece of pie to to leverage and to to basically find the right solution for that Um, and I think going forward, I think there's going to be a lot of collaboration between those different partners to make their solutions uh, work together and sort of be compatible with each other. So. Yeah. And, and, and that sort of leads for, for where we started here on the on the Great Lakes Observing System in terms of the Lake Bed 2030 project. Uh, you know, we did some development work and, 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 and helped establish the Great Lakes Observing System as a trusted node. We've, we've got a number of, uh, of units out here in the lakes actually out doing survey yeah, to yeah. satisfy the Lake Bed 2030 initiative. I think we've collected, what, 16 million data points, uh, 15,000 nautical miles steamed across 1,500 hours of, of sea time that we've collected from the crowd that's, with that data to make its way up to the cloud. And and the the lessons that we've learned and in the, in the initiative that's been done on that original uh, sort of efforts has led us into seabed 2030 and saying, well, we've, 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 we've proven we can, we can do this here in the, in, in the Great Lakes. You know, we're working with some other hydrographic offices to do that into some more remote communities up in the Arctic. Yeah. Uh, and is there a similar sort of model that we can roll out with seabed 2030 or in support of the seabed 2030 initiative internationally? And that's, and that's how, you know, we've come to, to arrange our, our arrangement, our partnership with, uh, with seabed 2030 to, to, to do the same thing internationally. Yeah. Okay. So, so for those people that are looking for, you know, a, um, a CSB solution and emphasize on the word solution as opposed to just particular hardware, um, I think customers out there have to look at that end-to-end, so ping-to-cloud is what we like to call it, um, so that they get the best solution that meets their needs, right? 
different price points for all the different solutions that are out there. Um, but it's really understanding what the requirements are for those uh, customers and what their challenges are and, and finding that right solution. Every country is going to be different. Every boat operator is going to be different. Every data demand is going to be different. And, uh, and it's about finding the, the right solution that's most effective um, uh, for, that, uh, for that set and, and working it through. And, and really what we've tried to do is innovate a little bit too in terms of solving some of those classic problems of getting that data off the boat and connectivity and, and user-friendliness and hands-off, if you will, yeah, uh, yeah. To, to be able to automate a lot of those processes. So it makes collecting data easy. And so, so, so for a listener who's never seen the product, how, how would you describe it? Well, we, we describe it on a couple of fronts. I mean, you, 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 we traditionally, as Colin mentioned, we traditionally think about the hardware. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what, what we see this as is, is more of a, a means to, to the end. Yeah. The end is it's we want, it's, it? a, yeah. it's a complete yeah. pipeline. Yeah. And that's what we, the exact term, the data pipeline. Yeah. And so the, 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 if you think from from the ping, from the echo sounder that hits the seabed, it comes back on the boat, all the way to the the, the, the data file that's in the uh, DCDB. Um, that's the entire spectrum of the pipeline, and so there's different elements along that pipeline that are that are critical in terms of you know collection on the boat, you know interface with the navigation suites. It's it's the communications and transmission mechanisms to get that ashore. It's a, 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 a you know a collection, uh, transformation, and uh, and management of that of that data. Uh, and then onward, uh, you know, certification, qualification, quality control, uh, putting it up through from a trusted node up to something that we've got a usable product along the way. And so that data pipeline rolls from hardware on a boat to software solutions in the cloud to cellular networks to, uh, you know, Wi-Fi to, 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 to different components al- uh, along yeah. the way. And, and each boat is different. Every boat you find will have different hardware on it navigation suites on it, different brands, some old, some new. Um, so it, the integration with the, the uh, solution is unique for each, each different vessel. Um, achievable, um, uh, all the vessels we've installed it on, basically we've installed it, got it communicating, and we let it run. There's no uh, involvement of the crew or the captain. Um, and the data is automatically processed and uploaded, and then it can be viewed on the DCDB. So there's very there's no very little human, if any, yep. interaction once the uh, so really straightforward for almost like the non-expert user to be exactly. able to very very quickly you don't be need, able to contribute data. You don't need to be an IT person, a programmer, yeah. or yeah. a hardware expert. You just need to be able to plug it into your NEMA network, um, yeah. and much like any other piece of your navigation suite, and be if it's in cell range or Wi-Fi range of a connection, then it will automatically upload. Yeah, it's about ease, right? We want to make data collection easy, right? Traditionally, it's been mobilizing a large survey ship, uh, you know, a multi-beam, high equipment, lots of uh, lots of uh, uh, people. Um, so I'll give you an example. Um, the, the vessel we're seeing over here, North, the Northwestern, which is uh, which is the research vessel that uh, that's owned by the uh, Northwestern Michigan College here for where we're at for the conference. Uh, this time last year, we installed one of our data loggers on board uh, on board their ship. Uh, took us about 45 minutes to uh, to do that installation, to do the the offset measurements, to, to calibrate it, and then we set them loose. We set them we set them loose all season long, and uh, the, the the captains forgot about it up on his dash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and today we showed them their data that they've collected over the last uh, over the last little year and, and, and incredible contribution to 
mapping their, their area with no effort, with no additional horsepower, or no additional uh, attention paid to, uh, paid to that uh, uh, to that uh, to that uh, yeah. data collection. So brings the point of finding the right sailing profile for the vessels involved in this project. Yeah. Sailing schools that go out quite a bit because there's a need to take people out and train them. Uh, rescue vessels, they go out quite a bit um, and they spend a lot of time out in the water either training or searching for people and that inherently goes, is the nature of the CSB. Um, less probably is, you know, some of the luxury yachts might not be perfect because they don't transit a lot. They're expensive to run. Yeah. Fuel's expensive. So you need to find the right vessel type to sort of be out there a lot to gather a lot of data. And at the end of the day, what we're talking about here is, is leveraging sea time that those vessels would be out on the water anyway, yes. right? Where they're, they're out there doing things. They're out there running the record sounder for safe navigation. We're able now to to collect that data, to harvest that data, if you will, and uh, and, and a mechanism to transfer it ashore with no effort uh, to a point where we can, can really leverage all of the sea time, all of the hydrocarbons burned to be able to to, to, to get some, some, some really good quality data. And we've seen data quality, and, and data quality is an important factor as well, Steve, because it's, it's all well and good to collect something, but is that something of any value? Exactly. And be some good quality it, data. It, you know, it was part of the part of the, the project that we originally started off with was knowing that there's um, there's some concerns about data quality, and knowing that we're that uh, we're out there collecting this from from vessels of opportunity, if you will. Um, we know that the, the, the hydrographic offices need to be able to trust that, right? And so we set up the trusted node side, but knowing what knowing what quality. Uh, is coming off of those is an important function as well, and uh, for, you know we, we we started down the road while initially crowdsourced bathymetry was was uh, to be able to collect any data. We've made sure that the data that we collect can be used in the future by hydrographic offices for 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 potentially developing a navigation network, and so we we set out to purposely create or, or collect data in such a manner that it can be used in the future for safe navigation. And so that involves for us, uh, you know, incorporation of uh, inertial motion units to, to, to correct for vessel motion, to, to, to really be, be diligent in our offset uh, uh, measurements and integration of the, of the systems uh, on the initial onset. And that's allowed us to, to get any, you know, anywhere from three centimeters to 16 centimeters worth of accuracy here in the lakes off of your average sailing vessel, your average fishing boat, or what have you. And so big, a, big, a big piece that, uh, that yeah. was important to us. And, and a big piece of the puzzle is also giving feedback back to the vessel operators or their owners. Picture's worth a thousand words. Right now it can be a, a simple screen scrape off of the DCDB uh, website in terms of visualization. But we've also provided integration with another product on the market called TerraDepth Absolution. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. And we basically feed our data in there directly. And then it can be set up as a project and viewed by the, uh, the clients if they have one vessel or two vessels or multiple vessels and see all the data that they're collecting. And then do some analysis on it within the tool set itself. Yeah. So, again, you've seen that value add. And as a boat owner or boat operator, there's other opportunities to view other data that's um, being collected off the vessel. Yeah. So we're lo- constantly looking at ways to make that uh, more value added to the owner. Which is a big deal. I mean, depending on, and we've had a various number of, of organizations that have signed up with us in terms of, you know, as Colin mentioned, some of our emergency response or commercial vessels. We've seen it all the way to, to government research vessels. And, and we see they, 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 there's a desire from those who participate 
they, they have a reason for wanting to participate, right? It, part of it's uh, let's do a good thing and, and, and better understand our waterways. Sometimes it's let's see port changes. Let's see differences in silting loads over the area. Let's identify some, some better resolution on some of the fishing grounds that we have. I want to participate because, you know, I'd like to see a better nautical chart in this area, right? Or, or um, you know, or, or in the case of uh, some of the Arctic communities, these places have never been mapped before. And this is a, a very cost-effective and simple uh, means of, of, of providing some form of base line on it. So the importance of not only collecting it and processing it, but demonstrating its value to the end user is, mm-hmm. is another key component for cross And the end user, especially in the case of Arctic communities and indigenous communities, have concerns over the use of their data. Yes. So our solution can provide that level of security and say where the data is going and to whom um, for whatever purpose. So there's a sense of control that the um, owners can have over their data. Um, ideally, yes, we all, all want it to be shared on the DCTB, you know, seabed initiative, like bed initiatives. But if in some cases they don't, then yeah. that's their progress. And sometimes stuff has to be embargoed for commercial reasons or, yeah. or national security reasons. And uh, we understand that. And, yeah. can, and that's uh, the important point of knowing what yeah. the entire solution, the entire pipeline looks yeah. like, because it, it allows you to, to, to leverage the sea time. And, and collect, uh, you know, potentially navigation level quality data, uh, but then decide how you view it, how you use it, how you display it, who you share it with, how that works. And so, and it's really sort of beginning with the end in mind in terms of knowing what you what you want to achieve, and then determine sort of the best solutions and best options to, to, to get there. And, and we like to think that, that we're part of that uh, part of that solution, part of that infrastructure. Okay. So t- talk me through the process. So I'm a listener. I've just heard about. Orange Force Marine might not have known anything about you until today. What happens next? They, they listen to you speaking and they think this sounds like I want to be a part of it. How do they make it happen? Yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, the the implementation of the technology is uh, is but one component to it, and so the first part would be expressing interest to sort of a, a local organization, uh, expressing interest to to CBA 2030, expressing interest to the Great Lakes Observing System here, here for example, and say, hey, I'd, I'd like our, our organization, I'd like our vessels to participate. How, how do we do that? And and uh, you know, that's a that's a reach out, that's a communications interface, and and that's a, a initiative and a motivation to say. Yes, we'd like to get started. Um, the second to that becomes, okay, did, does it meet the profiles, right? Or does your vessel sit alongside for and sail one day a month? Or um, or are you out there day in, day out uh, collecting data? Do you transit great distances, what have you? So so we really do an analysis uh, to say, hey, that's a good fit. Mm-hmm. If it's a good fit, we reach out and we, and we understand what uh, what's, what ty- types of vessels, you know, navigation suites is in there, the, the sailing profile that was mentioned, and then just seeing if it's if it's a good fit in an area of which we need to, we need that data, and uh, and then it's about working with some of our sponsorship organizations to say, okay, yes, we've got a series of loggers that we can dedicate to that fleet. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's work that through, and then that's an interface between our company and, and that uh, that particular fleet organization. And, and, say, and does the user do they do they buy the logger? Do they lease it? To rent it. So or the, the uh, there's a couple of different models within the, within the industry on that side. Uh, one of the things that one of the principles that we've always really uh, set to is is those who want the data should be funding its collection, right? And um, and the the 
vessel owners that uh, put their hand up and say, I want to be a part of it, they're already contributing the use of their vessel, their sea time, the, uh, their, their efforts and, 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 uh, to, to be able to go out there. And so we're of the mind that uh, the, the end user shouldn't be the one that, uh, that puts that bill. Um, the, the collector of the data or the sponsor of the program is, uh, is usually what, what does that. We don't, uh, we don't sell loggers. Uh, you, can't, uh, you can't go on a web store and, and buy an Orange Forest Marine Muscle Kit. Um, what, what, we, what we do is we end up on a subscription model. Mm-hmm. And uh, where again, the, the, those who want the data can help fund and offset uh, the the subscription for that logger to be able to put that free of charge on the vessel's boat uh, and uh, and go and, and collect that side along the way. The subscription also allows us to say, well, we've saturated this area with this with this vessel. We're going to, you know. Thanks very much for your contribution. Yeah. We're going to relocate that logger exactly. into another place. Yes. And, and work so, it so you're not just re-surveying the, a place that's already been done today. Yeah. yeah. Right. So if, if you're looking to donate money to citizen science, um, there's no organizations we're affiliated. Great Lakes Observing, Great Lakes Observing System is one. Map the Gaps is another, um, where you can donate that money and it can be used for certain purposes around crowdsourced bathymetry, um, and that basically helps. Um, subsidize the the subscription model right and as a boat owner to Derek's point you're not engaged in this sort of per, uh, that cost of operating the vessel the uh, the no solution um, you're just providing the, the vessel time and access to the vessel for the install typically our installs are done within an hour yep. we do put the connect the device uh, the make sure it connects measure the offsets update uh, central database and away you go and that's the last really participation that the the owner operator needs to have uh, besides just sailing as per normal. So again, there's a different ways for the people to get engaged. They want to sponsor the program um, or if they want to actually provide a vessel within the program. Yeah, and, and it's about starting with, I want to be a part of it, right? Yes. I want the motivation to want to go and then it and then falls on with a conversation. And that point we get to you get the options of, of, of really identifying what's the best way of achieving what we want to do, which is sort of collect data uh, incrementally from from the crowd, from from okay. those who want to participate. And, and, and what's the point of contact with the company? Who, who, who do our listeners need to get in touch with? Yeah, I mean orangeforcemarine.com uh, okay. is uh, is a way you can uh, get to our general website. We've got a bathymetry page on that side and some contact and uh, those in- interested organizations. Uh, you can reach out to us through that uh, through that web page. Uh, reach out through social media. You can reach out to us directly uh, info at orangeforcemarine.com uh, or uh, contact us by, by way of uh, phone numbers on that side um, it all starts with a with a reach out on that side in terms of uh, saying hey I'd like to I'd like to go and, and we'll start the conversations great and uh, we'll have all information up on the podcast uh, webpage so that you can find that stuff if you if you missed it during the conversation so thanks very much Derek thanks very much Colin it's been great talking to you we're really pleased to have you on board the seabed 2030 community and of course you've been here supporting the lake bed community as well and uh, together we'll uh, collectively manage to fill in those those gaps in knowledge of the world's great water masses indeed certainly certainly proud to be uh, to be part of lake bed 2030 and, and and as a partner for seabed 2030 as well so thank you steve yeah, thanks very thank much. you thank you bye Thank you for listening to Derek and Colin speaking with me. We'll be back on the first Monday of December with more news about Seabed 2030, including an update on November's intense round of international meetings and news about our input to COP28 and next year's Ocean Decade Conference in Barcelona. See you soon. Bye. 
Find out more about Seabed 2030 at www.seabed2030.org. Podcast produced by Steve Hall. Email partnerships at seabed2030.org. Music by Emily Body. Copyright Seabed 2030. We'll be back next month via your preferred podcast provider. Thank you.